So, uh, yeah, Bruce was going to do it tonight, actually. And um, he's, he's quite the busy little beaver these days with his job, working all these different websites. So he, uh, he bowed out for a while. He'll do that topic down the road a little bit. And uh, so I was kind of hemming and hawing with Jesus about what should I talk about tonight instead. <laughs> and then... Uh, and it seemed to keep coming back to uh, looking at these review lessons um, that we're into. So how's my sound? Sound okay? Good, good. Let me know how it goes. Um, I wanted to uh, kind of get a little academic, go back to grade school grammar. God knows if they even teach it this way anymore. And, and there's a reason for this. <laughs> I'm not just testing you <laughs> and your grade school grammar skills, but I wanted to look at um, the way pronouns are used in the course. The other day uh, when I was sitting meditating with Lynn, I realized or, or remembered, I guess I knew this at one point, that um, most ways most ways through most of the paragraphs and all the lessons, Jesus is addressing us as you, specifically aimed at our decision maker. Um, not, not Tim as Tim knows Tim, but that internal part of all of us, and in this case, my, my decision maker, because it seems like I have one, <laughs> one of my own until I realize we're all sharing the same one. But he's it, always addressing everything in, in every lesson to that decision maker. Am I choosing, am, internally, am I choosing ego or am I choosing uh, the Holy Spirit as my guide? And he's always addressing that and all the issues around that. So he, he spends most of the, each lesson using the word you a lot. You, yours, your function, your forgiveness. And, uh, and then Usually, almost in almost every lesson, not all of them, but usually when he gets to the end of the lesson, he actually talks about practicing the lesson. He switches up to we. Sometimes mid-paragraph, <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll be using you, and then suddenly he'll switch to, this is the way we do it. This is the way we do it together. So he's kind of framing in most of the lesson what needs to be done, what, what, what each of us needs, you and I you have to to uh, wake up to realize, and then in terms of actually applying that lesson, he usually jumps into the we mode, meaning we're not doing this together. I mean, we're not doing this alone. We are doing this together. Good Freudian ego slip. <laughs> we got to do it alone. Don't trust anybody. <laughs> Back to Dave's thing. <laughs> so, so and, and just watch how often that plays out. And, and, and sometimes he'll, he'll, creep, he'll, he'll sneak in the little we without you even realizing he did it. So that kind of opened me up to the way Jesus uses pronouns in general throughout the whole course. And some startling things happen <laughs> when I started to look at that. Not just because they're kind of academically interesting the way he uses them and the way he doesn't but that he's really in any given moment, who is he addressing in this process? And that becomes startling clear. <laughs> well, it was to me after I, 
after I'll point out a few of the ways that he does use pronouns and certainly the ways that he doesn't. So going back to, uh, let's see, let's look at, let's go back to grade school. And I don't know, this is probably second or third grade. <laughs> so you got these pronouns, right? <laughs> and, and the phrase, at least in those days, God knows what they say now, or you, I don't know, everything is it. <laughs> There's no more gender anymore if you go to school. You're an it. <laughs> You're a he, she, we. So, um, but the, in, the, in, the, in the old days, <laughs> 50s, 60s, they talked about first person singular pronouns. And all that means is the I, I, me, mine, my, myself. They all referred to me as a single person and what I was doing, what I needed to look at, certainly in terms of the course. And then there was first person plural pronouns, the we and us. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not a super huge concept, but, it, you know, it, it, I think it helps once again frame the way Jesus uses the pronouns in the course. Then there's second person singular and second person plural is you. If I'm addressing all of you on the, on the uh, screen, I say you. <laughs> I'm including everybody. And, and there's, you know, I mean, there's no... I mean, you could probably put yourselves in there as a, as a plural way of saying second person plural. Um, but, but you and your apply to whoever it is I might be speaking to if I'm saying you do this or you do that, or this is your job. Um, it, it covers both lots of people or just one person. So, and then finally third person, the he, she, it thing. And then his or her as certainly as third person singular uh, adjectives. And then them, themselves, they as a third person plural. So any, any grade school questions about that? <laughs> Everybody remember this? <laughs> so, so, when, when we're talking about the, the lessons to see the way Jesus uses th these or not, it's kind of interesting in terms of who he's talking to in any given moment. So one of the things I realized, <clears throat> this I realized a while back, that in every review in the first 200 lessons, every review, so, I mean, there, so Jesus gave the, the original first 50 lessons, and then he had 10 lessons of review. And then he had, gave 20, yeah, 20 new lessons, and then he had 10 lessons in review. And this goes on and on and on until you get up to lesson 200. In every one of those review lessons, he does this. They're all first-person singular. There's no we in any of them. <laughs> There's no you in any of them. They're all about me and how I apply in those review lessons what he's taught me. So just to get an idea of that, uh, look in your workbook. Um, let's go back to some earlier ones. This is page uh, 100, lesson 60. 
And uh, in, in, in every one of these reviews of, the, of these last 50 lessons, he's, it's all in first person singular. It's all what I need to do to apply this stuff. Um, let's see. Paragraph one, God is the love in which I forgive. Dropping down to um, line six, it will bring me near enough to heaven that the love of God can reach down to me and raise me up to him. Paragraph two, line two, it is not, not my own strength through which I forgive. Uh, paragraph three, line two, how safe will the world look to me when I can see it? And that's in every one of the review lessons. And then jump up to, say, uh, page 154 in the workbook, this current last set of review lessons that we're into now. Each one of these is all first person singular also. It's how do I apply everything he's taught me in these last 20 lessons to my daily practice. Page 154, paragraph one, line two, I am entitled to miracles because I am under no laws but God's. His laws release me, me from all grievances and replace them with miracles, and I would accept the miracles in place of the grievances. It's almost like we're giving ourselves a pep talk here. I mean, Jesus has taught us a lot of stuff, right? <laughs> and, 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 uh, and now it's time for us to actually apply it. Not the other guy, not any of these third persons down here. He never talks about them. <laughs> he talks to us a lot. You, you, you need to consider this. You need to try that. But he's, you know, he's always addressing this, this inner me and not the me in the world. But he's always talking directly to this I this decision-making part of myself. So all the review lessons are about what this I should do or not do. And when Jesus is addressing you, you've, in, the, in all the workbook lessons to tell you what you should do, he's addressing this. In the early days, I don't think it happened so much anymore, but even to go into, even on, in the early days, it was real common for course students to get together and talk about what the others were doing and what they should do. <laughs> they was a big topic. <laughs> they totally missed the eight zillion eyes in this course. They totally did not get, we totally did not get that he was always talking to us as a decision maker. That the you he addressed in every workbook lesson was this, and then there, in all the review lessons, he was, it was all discuss, this I discussing it with itself, what it should do or not do. So I think this, it gets really kind of important to sit with that a little while and begin to realize that's what he's doing. So the you, we thing, I want to show you uh, just quickly an example. Go back to lesson 79. And this is the you, we thing where in the first half of most of the lesson, actually, probably 90% of the lesson, he's addressing you, what you should do. You seemingly, you as Tim, you as Steven, you as Donna, but really he's talking always to this you, the decision maker you. 
So drop down to paragraph five. Um, line five, others remain unsolved under a cloud of denial. He's talking about problems and rise to haunt you from time to time, only to be hidden again till resolved. Uh, paragraph six, line two, if you could recognize that your only problem is separation, no matter what form it takes, everything would be good. <laughs> and then paragraph seven, he drops the you and starts talking about what we should do together. Paragraph seven, in our longer practice periods today, we, suddenly we out of nowhere, we will ask what the problem is. Together, Jesus, you and I, we hold the lamp that will dispel the darkness. We will ask what the problem is and what is the answer to it. We will not assume what we already know. Paragraph seven, line seven, then we will ask for the solution to it and we will be told. And then lo and behold, guess what? Paragraph eight, <laughs> he starts ewing us again. <laughs> I like that word, ewing. <laughs> the exercises for today will be successful to the extent to which you, <laughs> uh-oh, he's back to ewing me. <laughs> you do not insist on defining the problem. Uh, line four, you are trying to recognize that you have been given the answer by recognizing the problem so that you can be at peace. So, I, you know, I don't think Jesus puts anything in there by mistake. <laughs> he didn't just like make a mistake and start using we here. He did it for a reason. And, and, and similarly with all the eyes that are in this book too. Line 80, it's, it's a little bit more subtle. So, I mean, lesson 80. Uh, paragraph six at the bottom of page 143, assure yourself, you assure yourself often today that your problems have been solved. And then go on to the next page. And then suddenly, paragraph seven, let us, <laughs> I mean, it's been you all the way up to that point. Let us be determined not to collect grievances today. Together we have the lamp, we have the lamp that will dispel the darkness. Let us be determined to be free of problems that do not exist. And then suddenly, boom, he's back to you again. <laughs> Line four, do not deceive yourself about what the problem is and, and you must recognize then it has already been solved. So in one sense, a little academic and probably boring, <laughs> but in another sense, you know, I don't think he's doing this by accident. I mean, you know, as he always says, ask what the purpose is of anything. <laughs> Why are you doing it this way, Jesus? Now, what the really startling thing is about this whole I thing, I'll go back to my first person singular. The really startling thing that hit me about the I thing is look at the workbook lesson titles. Go to any of the Roman numeral pages, workbook, um, workbook, Roman numeral, I, 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 I. Look at any of the titles on any workbook page in the, in the contents. I, 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 B, V. Look at every title. It's, it, 90% of them are all in first person singular. This is not about anybody else doing the course except I. Nothing I see means anything. 
I have given everything I see all the meaning it has. I do not understand what I see. And then occasionally he throws in just a statement, like these thoughts do not mean anything. And then he's back to the eyes again. I am never upset for the reason I think. I see only the past. My meaningless thoughts are showing me a meaningless word. And then, you know, turn the page and look at any of these lessons. There's a zillion eyes in here. He never uses we in the titles. He's letting us know this is our job, our responsibility to do this course. This is not about what anybody else is doing or not doing. He'll talk about our brother sometimes, but it's the way we see our brother. <laughs> I'll talk about our brother. Yeah, like we got to forgive our brother because we're the one that condemned him. But 365 titles later, they're all about I, what I need to do in order to have this third, st third step experience of forgiveness. Now, I lied a little bit. In the last seven lessons, there's three we's in the title. <laughs> it actually lets in everybody else at that point. <laughs> but you got to get through the first 350 lessons before he moves, at least in the titles, from I to we. So you got you any questions about that? Is that sort of somewhat clear or not? If it's not clear, don't worry about it. <laughs> Nobody else wants us to, me to go through it again anyway. <laughs> However, I do think it's important that he's really pointing out this is an I process and the I being my decision maker. So covered the reviews, I covered the UWE stuff. Let's actually do a, a meditation so we can actually practice this stuff, <laughs> not get too grammatical about it. Um, I wanted to look at uh, lesson, I think it's lesson 82 on page 147. So there's a couple of themes in here that he does here that he doesn't do in, in other reviews. And one of them is where we name, name names. We name specific people. We actually visualize them in our mind's eye and we, we, we name them. We call them by name. So as a meditation, I want you to pick your favorite bad guy of the day. Du jour. <laughs> bad guy du jour. And if you don't have one, just, just pick anybody. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but, but if you have a favorite bad guy today, pick them. And as we do um, this first couple of paragraphs in uh, lesson 82, put their name in there, see them, visualize them. It could be a political figure, it could be a personal per person, it could be somebody on the job, somebody in traffic, anybody that's pushed our buttons today or yesterday or the day before or five lifetimes ago that you can think of, anybody that's pushed a few buttons, say this to them. So I'm on lesson 82, page 147, paragraph two, line two. Let peace extend from my mind to yours, Marjorie. You don't need to know who Marjorie is. <laughs> it's my Marjorie. <laughs> so then line three, I share the light of the world with you, Marjorie. And then sit with that. And two things will happen. 
you probably have a problem with it, especially if you don't like the person. <laughs> you don't even want to pray, pray about them, much less to them. This is really a prayer to them. I share the light of, with you, whoever it is that's pushing my buttons right this second. And, and this, this process shows up in these review lessons more than any other place in the course where, where Jesus has us name names. The other thing that this, uh, this series brings up are the grievances um, in the review lessons. And, and we'll get into all that in a second. So any questions about that process at all before we meditate? So Lynn Corona, you want to read paragraph one and two in lesson 82, just paragraph one and two, and then we'll get quiet for a little bit. And hopefully Lynn doesn't put my name in there. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let me do a sound check first, though. Can you hear me all right? Is it good? Loud enough? All right. All right. All right. Here we go. The light of the world brings peace to every mind through my forgiveness. My forgiveness is the means by which the light of the world finds expression through me. My forgiveness is the means by which I become aware of the light of the world in me. My forgiveness is the means by which the world is healed together with myself. Let me then forgive the world that it may be healed along with me. Suggestions for specific forms for applying this idea are let peace extend from my mind to yours and name. I share the light of the world with you and a name. Through my forgiveness, I can see this as it is. Thanks, and we'll get quiet for a little bit and sit with that.
And gently, gently come back. Any comments or thoughts about any of that process or anything so far? Abby, did you got something? Tell me something anyway. <laughs> All right. Anybody waving a hand? Renee, you're just scratching your nose. That's okay. <laughs> okay. Lynn? <laughs> All right. Well, I, I, on that last um, sentence, I really wanted to add, through my forgiveness, I can see this as it is and not how I set it up. Because the way we consistently see is the way we've set it up, which means somehow or other, you're gonna be the guilty one and I'm gonna be the face of innocence. And um, if there's a problem at all, it's because I'm making you wrong. <laughs> and so I, I like adding that and not how I set it up, just as a reminder that I'm the one that's doing this and forgiveness is to my benefit. It really doesn't have anything to do with the other person other than they're showing me um, my, my mistake. That's it. Thanks. Yeah. And, and I think you, you can almost do that with, especially um, in the workbook lessons, you can almost do that with every line in the course. What, what would this look at like from the ego's point of view? Like, like we actually believe without admitting it out loud that our grievances save us, not, not our function of forgiveness, <laughs> but our grievances save us. They keep the bad guys away consciously and internally we get to preserve our distance from God the Father without admitting that's what we're doing. So I, I, I think it's, it's really helpful to, to see, like, uh, let me not forget my function, paragraph three, let me not forget my function is not condemnation, it's forgiveness. Let me not forget my function is not, is not to see it the way I set it up, but to see how the Holy Spirit's going to show me what's going on. Stephen? Uh, yeah, I went to the last seven lessons, uh, and uh, I, I misunderstood or didn't understand at all. What's different about the last, last seven lessons, please? Grievance is, in the, is, the word grievance is in there like 25 times. And, and after lesson 90, he doesn't use the word anymore. <laughs> it just decided to take a different approach from lesson 68 through 90, specifically, but in the, in the review lessons. The last seven lessons all have all have it's all about grievances and naming names too, but yeah, right. Sorry. That's good. Thanks. All right. Any 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 anything? So let's back up to the introduction to the course. I mean not to the course, <laughs> the introduction to these review lessons, page 145. Page 145 in the workbook. This is the introduction. And there's a, there's a lot of D words here. D, letter D. Um, the two ego D words are 
Um, let me see. I, get, I wrote them down and I can't find them. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> these are good. I like these. The two ego D words in, in this um, introduction to the review lessons are distraction and detours. <laughs> Distractions and detours. Pretty much synonymous, but you know, a slight difference on, on each word. And the two D words from the Holy Spirit's point of view are dedication and determination. Slight difference between those two also. I'm dedicated to being determined and I'm determined to be de dedicated. <laughs> I'm distracted with this detour and I'm detouring with this distraction. So in a, in a sense, they're pretty synonymous, but that's what the ego does. It detours us from the real issue in the mind, lesson 79, it takes us into the world and, and detours us there and, and makes all these distractions, the seeming problems. Whereas with dedication and determination, I'm dedicated to hearing the Holy Spirit show me something else, and I'm determined to hear it. <laughs> I want to hear it. And so this idea, I actually want this process to work, is also emphasized in here. So paragraph three, repeat the first phase, the exercise period, if you find your mind wandering, try to spend the major part of the time listening quietly but attentively. There is a message waiting for us here. It's guaranteed. Be confident that you will receive it. Remember that it belongs to you and you actually want it. <laughs> On a good ego day, you don't. But there's always a part of us that wants this to work because we're tired, tired of being miserable. Paragraph four, do not allow your intent to waver in the face of distracting thoughts all the distractions in the world. Who's to blame? Who am I holding grievances against? Who did I name names in that exercise? Realize that whatever form such thoughts may take, they actually have no meaning and no power. Replace them with your determination to succeed. Do not forget that your will has power over all fantasies and dreams. Trust it going back to Dave's topic, trust it to see you through and carry you beyond all the dreams, all the distractions, all the detours. Paragraph five, regard these practice periods as dedications to the way, the truth, and the life. St. John's comment, uh, in the John gospel at least, about Jesus. Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We're dedicated to finding that for ourselves and asking Jesus' help to do that. Line two, refuse to be sidetracked into detours, illusions, and thoughts of death. You actually are dedicated to salvation. In fact, the atonement principle is, is that's all you can really be dedicated to anyway, and that's all that really exists. No matter how hard you try to be distracted, no matter how hard we try to be detoured, you really are dedicated to salvation. And then so be determined each day not to leave your function unfulfilled. 
And then paragraph six, reaffirm your determination to do this. Reaffirm your determination in the shorter practice periods as well, using the original form of the idea for general applications and more specific forms when needed. So that, that is, you know, on the right-minded side, it's dedication and determination. And on the ego side, we're trying to let go of all the distractions and detours we took out of the mind and put them on the world. And that's what these lessons are all about. That's what a grievance really is. It's a distraction because we wanted to be detoured from the mind where the real problem was. So we make up all these grievances and we believe they're real and we can convince everybody else that, you know, where the real problem is, not in the mind, not choosing separation, not choosing to believe in separation. So let's see. Let's, uh, I want to not go over too much and not, not go, not at least hit an hour. Um, well, let's look at the first one. First one's certainly important. <laughs> I mean, it's what this whole review is about realizing we are the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Eventually we'll get to, we are the light of the world. That's where Jesus wants to take us. But we start with the I we think we think we are. But he's really addressing, once again, the decision maker. I am the light of the world. How holy am I who have been given the function of lighting up the world? Light it up. <laughs> Make it, put it on fire. Light up the world. Let me be still before my own holiness. Ultimately, before our holiness. In its calm light, let all my conflicts disappear. In its calm light, let all our conflicts disappear. In its peace, let me remember who I am. In its peace, let we let me remember who we are. And then paragraph three, forgiveness is my function as the light of the world. It is through my accepting my function that I will see the light in me. And in this light will my function stand clear and perfectly unambiguous before my sight. My acceptance does not, doesn't even depend on my recognizing what my function is. I don't have to go up make I don't have to go around making up a concept of forgiveness and then try to do it. Well, that's what we try to do all the time. <laughs> and it didn't work real well. So I don't have to, my acceptance does not depend on my recognizing what my function is. I mean, that's the problem anyway, is, is I, I got myself not to recognize what my real function is. I think my function is detours. <laughs> I think my function is distractions. I think my function is, is grievances. For I do not yet understand forgiveness. I have the ego's plan for forgiveness, and then I don't admit that's what I'm doing. Yet I will trust, there's that word again, I will trust that in the light, I will see it as it is. Jesus will show me. I'm from Missouri, show me Jesus, how this works. Any, nobody here is from Missouri, are they? <laughs> nope. Alrighty. 
I never know whether I'm insulting Missouri or not. Go ahead, Arise. Tim, I was, of course, we had this this lesson today, and I was reading it, and then I thought, you know, it's um, become for me almost a cliche. To, you know, I am the light of the world, and so I was just waiting for for some kind of an inspiration, and it came to me that you know I don't, I can't believe that I'm the light of the world very often. You know, I mean, it doesn't, it just doesn't stick. But what I could believe, what came to me was that I'm a like a, I'm a bottom feeder. I'm in this darkness a lot of times. I'm in the dark, but but it was like darkness, like a smoldering campfire. You know, like I think I'm not the light, but I'm this smoldering coal, you know. And all it takes is for me to notice that and ask the Spirit, ask Holy Spirit, and, and the wind of Spirit, you know, the breath of Spirit blows that, blows on that. And this, this huge fire bursts into flame, you know, it's like, I can't see myself as the light, but I can feel this, that I'm this dark coal sometimes. And I don't, I don't understand that all it takes is just turning to, to Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And then you just get this, you know, this huge fire. Anyway, that's what I got today. That's good. Thanks. I like that image. Yeah. I, uh, I was just, I, it's almost like I, I, I saw Jesus kind of sitting around being honored, especially with Helen. So, you know, he's given out the first 50 lessons. They've covered all the basic metaphysics. And then he, uh, <laughs> and then he does the 10 review lessons. They're real practical and helpful. And then he gets to lesson um, 61 and he goes, let's see how I can freak these guys out the most. <laughs> I'm going to tell them they're the light of the world. <laughs> see how many buttons that pushes <laughs> no i'm not <laughs> so but then you know he he starts with that kind of gets us off our off balance with the whole thing and then he he works it he works it logically through like what our real function is how our real function is the only thing that's going to bring us happiness why wouldn't you want to be the light of the world since you already are and you're pretending you're not if it's going to make you happy when you realize you are the light of the world and your fu only function is forgiveness. So he starts with that kind of mind blowing, I think, <laughs> or certainly brain blowing statement to get us to uh, step back a little and, and reassess what we do believe and what we're not experiencing ourselves, how we're not experiencing ourselves as the light of the world. Abe, yeah, like Oris, I, I also have had trouble with this idea that I am the light of the world. Uh, occasionally, I can feel that it is true, but most of the time, it doesn't feel tr truth. But one thing that I, I, I found that actually is helpful is that sometimes I can think of myself as, as a conduit for the light. And that I can do fairly routinely. I'm fairly comfortable with that. Perhaps it helps others. I don't know. Yeah. Holy Spirit blowing on you and making you flare up <laughs> or conduit. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Or, or, how about, or how about this? There is no world. <laughs> there is no world. Yeah. So, so, I, so no, no worries at all about being the light of the world. You right. know, there is no world. I mean, that's the point when you 
realize you're a mind and it's light, the world is no longer some dark place that needs to be lit up. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think of it that way, but yeah, why am I the light of the world if there ain't no world? <laughs> What's going on with that? <laughs> You've been telling me for 50 lessons there ain't no world, and now suddenly I'm <laughs> the light of the world. <laughs> that's good. Like you said, he was having a little fun. Let me throw this one at him and see what they do with that. Yeah. And you see good. what we do. We use it to become an eye. Oh, I'm a conduit. I'm ashes i'm gonna light up i'm gonna become fire i mean we still the ego thought system can still hijack any of it for distraction mm -hmm. and detour right yeah what i uh what i guess i guess what what helps me to move beyond the i part is is when i say i am the light of the world and then i go we are the light of the world moving from that seeming individual I to realizing that that the I is the we, that we're all collectively doing this. We're all collectively waking up. But my job is for my seeming separated self to wake up and realize we are a we and we're not an I. So I am the light of the world. We are the light of the world. Whatever image works, do it <laughs> to get us out of being stuck and no, I'm not. <laughs> like insisting on something else. Yeah. Thanks. All right, Jane, go ahead. When I th have thought about this, um, when it goes into, I am the light of the world, I always think that if I can believe that and know that that's the truth, then that means everything I see is through the vision of Christ's eyes and that everybody is the light of the world. And so, like you said, it goes from I to we. Because mm -hmm. if I believe I'm the light of the world, I will believe everyone is. Mm -hmm. That's that's how I feel. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but it, that's how, it's like you know we mirror everybody, and everybody mirrors us. So if I really am the light of the world and exemplify that, then I'm I'm exemplifying it for the whole world for everybody. Right, wrong. <laughs> right. And especially if I'm the one that was condemning the world to begin with, then the way I become light of the world is I lay down my condemnation. Yeah. I shine on it instead of condemn it with darkness. Yeah. Thanks, Jane. Lynn? Well, if I read this correctly, I think there's another piece to... Um, saying i am the light of the world and that is let me be still before my holiness i think that's what it's saying is there's not going to be any light unless i'm still which means i'm not listening to the raucous shrieking of the ego and I, i'm not um you know, um, focusing on my distractions and all, all of the other things, the, the distractions and the detours, but I have for a moment chosen to be still before my holiness and, and then the light comes. So then it's not 
saying something that isn't true. I mean, obviously the light is there as soon as I'm willing to be truly still and listen. So I, I think he has mentioned that a few times there. So I think that's an important part of the process. I am not a body. Thanks. Yeah. I am not a body. I'm still. I'm still as God created me before my right. holy, before my holiness. Right. I mean, we, we can't be in a frenzy and then say, I'm the light of the world. <laughs> That's obviously not going to work. <laughs> I have to ha have the little willingness, put aside my detours and my distractions. And that's the dedication. Mm. Thanks. Yeah, good. Thanks. Go ahead, Lynn Altman. Well, it just occurred to me that for me, the world is the, the symbol of darkness to me. And, and when I get in touch with that holiness within, which light is a, a symbol of, then the darkness disappears. Um, it, it's what, what Lynn said is right about being still. In that stillness, there is, there is only light. And um, so, I mean, we can get caught up. I mean, I'm, I mean, I think I'm dreaming and the world is real, but within my mind is the light that reminds me I'm only dreaming and the darkness is not real. And the light in my mind is what, what um, removes the darkness, what shines it away, what makes it um, unreal, what reveals its unreality, I guess. Yeah, I, I was just thinking as you were saying that about, so if I'm wrong-minded, I'm projecting darkness on all this. The world is just a, you know, a flat screen that I'm projecting onto. However, if I'm right-minded, I'm projecting light onto it. I'm projecting the light of the Holy Spirit. I'm projecting the light of who we truly are. But if I'm, this, if I'm in this mode and I have the ego as my teacher, then of course I'm going to project darkness on it. Of course, I'm going to condemn it. Of course, I'm going to be distracted by all the darkness here. So don't see what the real source of darkness is. However, I go Holy Spirit and then suddenly everything's all lit up in my mind. Then it has to be projected onto the world. I will be the light of the world then. I will, always was, but I was just pretending I, we were not the light of the world. So whatever works. Do it <laughs> or just skip the lesson for now. Come back to it. You, you'll come back eventually. <laughs> Try not to get too hung up with any of them. Donna, you got anything? Offer? Say? You keep nodding your head. You must, must think it's okay. <laughs> Donna. Oh, you're on mute, Donna. No, I was just thinking about the whole idea of being still and in its peace, let me remember who I am. So that stillness and that peace is that point where then it's revealed to us what this light of the world is that we are. Mm -hmm. We have to get into that peace and stillness. And, and this whole idea of my holiness, I've been kind of ruminating about what, what is that, my holiness exactly. And, and it's funny because a few days ago I was thinking about my holiness and it was like it was a thing, it was a thing, you know, attached to me. And I thought that's, no, it's not really that. But 
but it was following me, you know, because I wouldn't give it to my full my full attention and was following me. And so once you finally get into this stillness and peace, you can really understand better what that is, the holiness and the light. And it's not you. So it's very cool. I, I, I had this image of my holiness following me like a shadow, like in Peter Pan when he gets detached from his shadow and somebody has to sew it back on him. <laughs> but that's kind of like the way we look at holiness from an ego point of view. It's, it's something I'm dragging around behind me. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> but and, and it all takes place here. I mean, it's got nothing to do with me and the world and the body and Tim. It's yeah, you know, I might light up, but it won't be from holiness. I mean, the holiness takes place here. The holiness is here. It's the only place it can happen, and it can only happen when this I identifies with its holiness instead of its condemnation. And then look out. <laughs> Flashes everywhere. Flash healings. <laughs> All right, let's look at uh, where he starts talking about grievances in this set of lessons. Back to what Stephen was talking about, or what I was trying to point out. This is Lesson 84. It's the second half of Lesson 84, page 149, paragraph uh, 3. So love holds no grievances. And this is actually, you know, a, a review of Lesson 68, where he first starts talking about grievances in the Course. And I'll continue through these review lessons up to and including lesson 90. So grievances are completely alien to love. They keep love away in our awareness. He, uses, he likes this word alien. He used it in the, in the opening lesson in this review also. This is alien to this. Alien, that is like the total opposite of our holiness. It's the total opposite of who, who we truly are. And, and grievances are part of this whole wrong-minded set that are completely alien to love, the opposite to love. Grievances attack love and keep its light obscure. Well, it tries to. If I hold grievances, I am attacking love and therefore attacking my true capital S self. My true capital S self thus becomes alien to me. Stranger in a strange land. I am determined not to attack my true self today so that I can remember, so I can remember who I am. The only thing that's keeping me from remembering who I am, this is how simplistic it is and how silly it is, are my grievances. And usually they're the ones I'm not fessing up to and I don't want to work on them. All my Marjories <laughs> that are keeping me from myself. <laughs> so, grievances attack love and keep its light obscure. If I hold grievances, I am attacking love, therefore attacking myself. Myself thus becomes alien to me. So, I am determined, back to being determined again. Back to that dedication to determination. I am determined not to attack myself today so I can remember who I am. There is no justification for denying myself. There is no grievance that holds any water. 
there is no situation that justifies me denying myself or you as part of me. And I will not use this situation, this person, this grievance to attack love, to attack myself. Let this not tempt me even to attack myself. This situation, this person, this person I named in the opening meditation. Let me not use this poor person. Let it not tempt me to attack myself. Any anything on that one? Abe? So regarding grievances, uh, you know, I think it's clear that, you know, it includes things, uh, bad judgments that we have of people. But suppose that I, I judge you with a positive judgment. You know, I admire something about you that I like. I'm still not seeing you as the son of God, but I see something good in you. Is that also a grievance in that I am redefining you as not the son of God? But it has to be a, wait, a, a grievance waiting to happen if I'm doing it with the ego. That would be a definition for special love. It, it's just a, a setup that when you finally let me down and you do give me an opportunity to have a grievance against you because I liked you, but then you betrayed me, then it's just a grievance waiting to happen. And it was set up for that purpose. However, if I see you as a nice person and I'm doing it with the Holy Spirit, then it's not a grievance. I'm not attacking love. If it's a genuine thing, meaning genuine, meaning I'm, I'm connected with the Holy Spirit. I know you're the Holy Spirit. And that's what, what I really appreciate sincerely about both of us. We're both holy. We are the light of the world. But yeah, if I'm, I, can, I can say that with the ego and make you the bad guy in a heartbeat. <laughs> or at least one or two heartbeats away for making somebody the bad guy, which is what special love is. Does that make sense, Abe? Yeah. Thanks. Alrighty. Paragraph, uh, lesson 85. My grievances are the only thing, the only thing, and I'm on lesson 85, page 150. They're the only thing hiding the light of the world in me. And they're hiding it on purpose. And I'm pretending there's not a purpose. My grievances show me what is not there and hide from me what I would see. Woo! <laughs> Recognizing this, what do I want my grievances for? They keep me in darkness and hide the light. Grievances and light cannot go together, but light and vision must be joined for me to see. It's an interesting formula. I mean, it's almost like he, he's, he's defining light and vision as two different things. And we need both those things in order to let our grievances go, to see that they're pointless. So I was kind of playing around with how they were kind of in subtle ways different. Like I am the light of the world and it's through my vision that I realize you're not the bad guy and I'm not the bad guy either. Once I connect with my true identity as the light of the world, that we are the light of the world, then my vision kicks in. I know you're okay, I know I'm okay in spite of what happens or not. So they, um, 
Grievances and light cannot go together, but light and vision must be joined for me to see, to have that third step of forgiveness. To see, I must lay grievances aside. I want to see, and this will be the means by which I will succeed. And then next lesson 86, he picks up on grievances again in paragraph three. Paragraph. Uh, yep. Can, can we uh, revisit for a minute? I will not use this situation against myself. What does that one say? I will not use this situation to, wasn't hurt myself, but. Attack myself. To attack myself. Yeah. Okay, and then combined with what you just said, because I'm actually walking to the store. And, and so I'm on a public street, you know, with lots of cars, with traffic. And, and I'm imagining every, all the judgments that they have about me, <laughs> you know, as I'm walking down the street. It's much different than being home in my safe space in front of my computer, like I'm out here in it, you know, it feels that way. Mm -hmm. Oh, and, yeah. And, and, oh, yeah. And so, yeah, and so that was so fantastic to hear. I will not use the situation to attack myself because it would be very easy for me to identify with all of the ego thought system that everyone has and, you know, all their thoughts and what they're doing and thinking and judging. But that would be me actually using the situation to attack myself. Mm -hmm. Right. Because well, I, yeah, could but, just, right. I could just stay open and go lie to the world. So initially, it doesn't look like we're using it to attack ourselves. I mean, that's really the second step of forgiveness is, yeah, I'm using everything in the world to attack myself, but I'll, I'm not admitting that. I think it right, is. Right. All, I think it is all the people out there. that are Oh, it's so real. Yeah. They're real. I mean, but, these cars are real. That Prius right there, that's real. That's not a dream. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and, and, and then I actually have uh, some social work classes right now where they teach you that a lot of sin, guilt, and fear, if you don't believe other people are real, you better not only know they're real, you better see their culture and their intersectionality, or, or then you're really the bad one. So there's that piece, too, where maybe our work or our training of being spiritual, loving people is that we see other people as real, and we respect that. But then how do you not use that situation to attack yourself? And then the second thing you read just really got me where it said, you want to be miserable. You want to use this to attack yourself because I'm still afraid of love. It's too scary to just go, this whole enchilada right here is nothing but love. Mm -hmm. I'm too, I want to see it as misery. I want to attack myself. Right? Because I'm not ready yet for the no I in heaven. I'm an I if those guys are they's judging me, what I look like, what I'm wearing, you know, I'm walking. That means I still get to exist, right? That one really got me. We want to suffer. We, we still want it because we're just too afraid, you know? And, so I'm so grateful think, to have you guys in the year. I think part of the process of... Uh, 
of waking up to what's really going on that I'm using these people to attack myself is that even if consciously I think they're judging me, what's really going on underneath that is I think they, they are things that can judge me. And uh-huh. I, I think <clears throat> I deserve judgment. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it's, uh-huh. it's identifying them as not the son of God because they're judging me. But it's also underneath that, I'm identifying me as this thing that can be affected by their judgments. So, uh-huh. ultimately, I'm judging them. I'm saying they're not the son of God. Look what they turn into. They can affect my peace. Uh-huh. So the part of the wake-up process is, is, I think, to admit how much, not just they're judging me, I'm sort of aware of that in any uh-huh. given moment, but how much I'm judging them. Uh-huh. Because I'm uh-huh. saying they're not the son of God. Uh-huh. uh-huh. The, if, they can, if they can judge me, that means they're not the son of God. Right. Right. And I'm not either. (laughs) (laughs) And and I really love that Ken says on the level of the world, you know, when you're way two steps out, that's true. Bodies do hurt bodies Mm -hmm. in the dream, in the dream. But our, our dedication and what was the other one? Dedication and determination. (laughs) Determination to see the truth recognizes I don't want to see it through the level of the world. Mm -hmm. Yes, I could see it and it could tell me that's true. That's true. But I'm like, but it's not really true. I'm dedicated and determined and grateful this could be to have you guys in my ears while I'm walking down the street. Pure gold. Pure light of the world. Thank you so much. All right. Very good. (laughs) Oh, back to grievances. (laughs) A little bit anyway. Oh, good. <laughs> so uh, paragraph one at the top of page 150, my grievances hide the wor- light of the world in me. That's what they're meant to do. That's the purpose I gave them. My grievances show me what is not there. Traffic, Priuses, <laughs> people judging me <laughs> and hide from me what I would really see. That we're all the son of God, in spite of our seeming differences, that we're all the light of the world, despite our seeming differences. Recognizing this, what do I, why would I even want my grievances? What would they even be for? They keep me in darkness, they hide the light, etc., etc., etc. So, page 151, paragraph 3. Holding grievances is an outright attack on God's plan for salvation. It's not something we did by mistake. It's not something we did by accident. Holding grievance is an active attack on God's plan for salvation. And then we pretend it's not. Holding grievances is an attempt to prove that God's plan for salvation will not work. That forgiveness won't work not forgiveness in the course anyway. Yet, only his plan will work. Only true forgiveness, Holy Spirit's forgiveness, can work, will work. By holding grievances, I am therefore excluding my only hope of salvation from my awareness. And then, kind of ends with a bang with lots of grievances in lesson 89 and 90. I'm on page 154. 
he's a, he's going to finish up using the word grievances and he uses it like 10 times <laughs> in these he's in these two little lessons he's going to get the idea out there um page 154 paragraph one line Three, his laws, God's laws, release me from all grievances and replace those grievances with miracles. And I would accept the miracles in place of the grievances I made up and I'm hanging on to, which are but illusions that hide the miracles beyond. Uh, dropping down over, over to page 155. In lesson 79, in the original lesson 79, he did not use the word grievance. But here in this review of lesson 79, there's no if, ands, and buts that the problems that we're hanging on to are our grievances. All these seemingly separate problems in the world of time and space are all our grievances. So this, this is really spelling that out here. So the problems we think are, are in the world, all the grievances we have against everybody and everything, but that's just masking and distracting us from the real problem in the mind, the belief in separation. So line two, paragraph one, line two, let me realize today that the, pro that the problem is always some form of grievance that I would cherish because it's disguising the real problem of my belief in separation in my mind. So it's always, we start with this, because this is hiding this, that I'm actually cherishing separation in my mind. Uh, line three, let me also understand that the solution is always a miracle with which I let, I don't do it, I let the Holy Spirit, I let the grievance be replaced with a miracle. Line five, the problem is a grievance. Internally, you could look at the, the internal problem. My belief in separation is I have a grievance of, against God because he won't let me be separate. That's the original grievance. I want to be separate. I'm going to be separate, and God's not going to stop me. The problem, and then all these grievances in the world are just masking that grievance, that internal grievance. The problem is a grievance. The solution is a miracle. And line, line six, I invite the solution to come to me through my forgiveness of the grievance and my welcome of the miracle that takes its place instead of constantly throwing them miracles away actually they didn't go anywhere they're just waiting for us to realize they're already there any anything before we close closing thoughts closing grievances uh, let me ask you uh tim is is there really much difference between a grievance and a uh, and separation uh didn't I mean, as you say, that's the original grievance against God that he wouldn't give us a special favor we wanted. So which now it's everywhere around us. Yeah, I was thinking about that section in chapter uh, 30, I guess. God, I already forgot about secret vows. Like we, we, we made the secret vow with each other to, to hang on to this grievance and not let it go. Certainly the grievance that we share against God 
because he wouldn't recognize our separation. And then we secretly vow to have grievances against each other in a world of form, so we don't realize what the real problem is. That the real problem is not a problem either. <laughs> All the grievances are made up. So yeah, I think so in, in that sense, yeah. Yeah. Let me recognize my grievances have already been solved. <laughs> I'm just pretending they're, they're still alive and well. <laughs> so once again, let's name names. Once again, pick your uh, favorite person, person of interest. Isn't that what they call it? <laughs> pick your person of interest, good interest, bad interest. And we'll back up to lesson 89. And the two prayers in italics, uh, the prayer in italics in uh, paragraph two, we're actually saying this prayer to our brother. And then the prayer in italics in paragraph four. Does that make sense, Lynn, Corona? You're going to read the, uh, the two things in italics on page 154. Got it. Okay. All right. Behind this, this grievance, is a miracle to which I am entitled. Let me not hold a grievance against you and a name, but offer you the miracle that belongs to you instead. Seen truly, this offers me a miracle. I would not hold this grievance apart from my salvation. Let our grievances be replaced by miracles and a name. Beyond this is the miracle by which all my grievances are replaced. Thanks, we'll get quiet.
And gently. So hopefully this doesn't cause another grievance. However, <laughs> there's no class tomorrow morning. Maybe you're relieved. <laughs> Maybe it's not a grievance at all. <laughs> I, uh, Lynn's passport ran out. And getting an appointment to get a passport these days is like government gold, <laughs> like winning the lottery. So we made this appointment way back when for her to, her, it's over 10 years old, so she has to get a brand new one. So you have to go through the whole process as if you're getting a brand new passport again. Anyway, that's what we're doing tomorrow. I don't want her to get lost on the way, so <laughs> I'm gonna be my charming self and drive her up there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll miss you tomorrow. Thank you. <laughs> but we'll be back Wednesday with see you Jesus. Later. Jesus and forgiveness. <laughs> so see you then. Thanks. Let us know how Good it night, goes. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Thanks. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.